We send the ambiance for y'all. Hello, legions. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to a very special episode of the What You've Been Watching podcast, aka What You've Been Witching. We've been sitting on that for a year, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we realized the missed opportunity in the last episode. No, I actually went through and uh, re-edited the the post and called it aka What You've Been Witching. Oh, good it for was, you. It was too good. Yeah, it was too good. Okay, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I am your host, the deceased, marvelous Mike Dudley, joined as always by my mummy's favorite, <laughs> my ghoul friend, my co-host, cohort, and co-defendant. There you go. MD3. It had to be MD colon three, the witching season. <laughs> Marcus Dudley checking in on you. What's going on out there in podcast land? We are broadcasting from some very spooky cemeteries out here in the shadows of Dope Campbell Stadium. Is that why we're in the cemetery? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, okay. I, just, I don't know. Just a change of scenery for us. Right. You can but, hear the death rattles all around yeah, us. Yeah, I know, right? Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but no, we are broadcasting live, as always, from the What You've Been Watching studios right here in Tallahassee, Florida. You can find us. Please write us at Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Where, can they, where is that at? They can find us at facebook.com <laughs> slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, we want to give a very special shout out for our intro music today. Yes, we do. To set the tone, set the ambiance with a mother effing banger. That's the right. Pennywise pop, pop, pop. And when he does the pop, pop, pop and the beat drops, some nasty shit right there. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Mr. A1. Um, we want to give a shout out and send some, some love his way. You can find him at, what is the website? You can find him at a1reality.music at gmail.com. That's right. a one R-E-A-L-I-T-Y dot music at gmail.com. At just sell it out for y'all. That's right. Just, just, I want to send my guy some love, man. He's been yeah, very man. generous with the beats. Hit and him the up bangers. with all your uh, beat requests. The, the dude's a, he's a quadruple threat. He's a quadruple threat. He's a, he's a singer, dancer, model. Actor. Actor. Sk- skateboarder. <laughs> Uh, brain surgery yeah i was just <laughs> you picked up my silent <laughs> calls right there yeah no uh, but ultimately we're trying to send y'all that way um if you're looking for a type of beat um whether it be like hey man um i told him i wanted something that sounds like the jefferson's theme song he came through with our uh, our interlude music so yeah just trying to show my guy some love so anyway we salute you mr a1 here yeah. here from the what you've been watching studios absolutely so. all right so my guy like what you been up to man <gasps> it startled me oh 
I got asked first? Yeah. It is the spooky season. Man, is that what that is? That's, that's right. Um, it catches you off guard, doesn't it? It does, man. <laughs> Usually there's pleasantries involved before that. But we rambled on enough trying to show Mr. A1 some love, which we could never do too much of. Yeah, man. What you been watching? Man, I watched an all-time, I think people would consider this a Halloween classic. I watched Hocus Pocus. The old on uh, Disney Plus. Hell I did yeah. not watch the second one because I don't know if I have any interest in that. For those in the, that may not be familiar, brief synopsis is basically three witches are re- resurrected on Halloween night. On Hallow's Eve. And their goal is what? To steal the souls of children or something? Yeah, I don't. they don't really make it a lot of sense. I, I, Just so, evil witchery. Evil witchery is afoot. And yeah, they are trying to steal the soul of a child so they can live on past. Because when the sun rises, they turn to dust. Uh, and they need a potion and as well a child to drink the potion or something like that so they can drink their soul but i don't know ultimately what happens is is uh some virgin they make that very well known throughout the movie some virgin lights a candle and it brings the witches back to life for a night so um and then they cause all kinds of havoc upon the the whatever city they're in it's the what is it the sanderson sisters the sanderson sisters and yeah, played played by uh bet midler yes uh sarah wait Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. And then... Uh, the voice of Peggy Hill. I'm trying to think of what her first name Kathy, is. Kathy... I'm going to butcher her last name, but it's what you've been watching, so it's okay. Right, right, right. Uh, Kathy Najimy. N-A-J-I-M-Y. Najimy? I don't know. Najimy? She's in, she's in uh, Sister Act. She's yeah, also yeah, yeah. in It's Pat, in one of our favorite roles in It's Pat in the movie. <laughs> it wouldn't be spooky season unless we mentioned brought It's out Pat. It's Pat. <laughs> For trauma season, yeah. She's in It's Pat in the movie. You know who else is in this movie who plays the dad of the protagonist? Tell me, sir. I'm giving him an underrated performance of the week. Just Already? Cause. Already. Off the rip. Michael, this is what happens when you ask me to go first. Rash decisions <laughs> without consultation are made. Lead to rash choices. Yep, yes, sir. Uh, Charlie Rocket. Mr. Charles Rocket himself. Talk about Charlie Rocks. Who played the villain in It's Pat That's right. and was the highlight of that. I must become Pat. Yes. By becoming Pat, I can understand and, Pat and yeah. therefore know myself. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> of the same ilk. Uh, but no, he's in this movie. He plays the dad uh, of the protagonist who gets a spell put on them by Bette Midler, who I'm sure in her contract asked to sing a song. Oh, it's Bette Midler. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, of course. If you're getting okay. Bette Midler, you're like, hey, you want to sing? Of course I do. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, it was I haven't seen that movie in a long time. And I know and a the, lot the, of people. The little girl's played by... Uh, uh, Michelle Trackenberg, right? Thora, no, Thora Birch. Birch. Thora Birch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the main guy is Omri Katz, and that's Max Dennison. It's the Dennison family is trying to prevent these witches from mm-hmm. causing trouble. Um, I, I know a lot of people that absolutely love this movie, and it's a year-in, year-out event for them. I know I saw it a few times as a kid. And I, it's one of those movies, again, I know I've seen it, and I... I'm not lying about that, but um, I hadn't seen it in probably 20 years, man, since I was a kid myself. Right, right. I think after I got out of, like, you're in middle school around Halloween and, like, you get a substitute teacher. They're like, all right, we're going to watch Hocus Pocus or something, whatever it might be. Um, that's probably one of the last times I saw it. So, <laughs> See, I live in exactly the opposite world where, like, every woman in my, like, it within my friend circle fucking love that movie. So, um yeah, I, I I have seen it many 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 times. Maybe not recently, but like within, within the, the last past, five like, years. Or oh so. yeah, at yeah. least maybe three years. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah, for sure. So it had been a while for me. Um, I wasn't disappointed in it by any means, but I wasn't like 
I guess I didn't really get the hype. Maybe because I already knew the bit, so it didn't right. resonate with me. Like when she does fly on the vacuum, it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> it, it still holds up. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't. Yeah, so they, they get their broom them, stolen. Yeah, they, they awaken in the new world, and one of them takes like an actual like straight broom. Another one takes like a mop, and, well, the, and they, she rides out on a vacuum. Well, they, or a they Swiffer or something. Well, no, they start with brooms, but then they go to some house they're not they're not used to trick or treaters, so they leave their brooms outside, and the trick or treaters run off with their brooms. So they make it back to their house and need to go cause havoc at the cemetery, whatever, whatever. Right. And so one grabs the other broom, uh, the final broom. Sarah Jessica Parker grabs a mop, and. Uh, Kathy Najimi, however, grabs a vacuum. Which is a pretty funny bit, though. It's a pretty yeah. funny bit. The way she she crotches it, she goes up on the... You can tell it's wire work. And she swings it out from like a pendulum, like you would, and just uh-huh. right. crotches it so hard. And blah! Sticks it. <laughs> pretty right, good physical Right comedy. in the old cauldron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, but it was enjoyable, man. I mean, you got... Bette Midler singing songs. Yeah. Charlie Rocket stealing the show. Yeah, she sings, uh, I put a spell on you. And she captivates the audience of whatever town they're in, yeah. the parents and stuff. So it's Salem. Oh, it is Salem. That is right. Yeah, they are the witches of Salem. That's right. Um, but no, I man, I, I I dug it. I wasn't like I said. I mentioned earlier. I wasn't blown away at it, but it's cutesy enough, and I, I get the appeal of it. Um, I you don't sound super enthused on it. I mean, problems I, I, with it, or just like just not your not your particular flavor of Kool Aid. I guess it was just like the nostalgia wasn't there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I remember as a kid, like seeing it, but like if you would, if I would have watched Ernest Scared Stupid, mm. the nostalgia would have kicked in, and mm-hmm. I would have been like, I fucking love everything about this. Mm-hmm. But and that's mostly what it was. It was I was watching it with what I was a relatively fresh set of eyes because again I hadn't seen it in many many years, so I don't remember all the jokes. I don't remember a lot of the, the plot even. I remember the basic of it, but right. Um, yeah, I guess the nostalgia didn't kick in, which I don't know if it's that movie's fault or if it was just never really my shit to begin with. Yeah, the, the you know what I mean. The, yeah, the problem with the nostalgia is it has to leave have been a, your shit. At yeah, one it, point. it has yeah. to leave a, a very early mark. You right. Know what I mean? So like, yeah. So maybe the fact that you never really felt attachment to it anyway, just sort of it it never got a chance to play itself out, you know, or reward itself down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's the fault of the movie. though. No, no, no. I. I from from what I remember, it's a it's a perfectly capable movie. It's it's you know it's, it's a cutesy little you know like you could show this to a six year old or to a thirteen year old. There's everyone's gonna have a good time, you right? Know? Like right. like it's for young kids, old kids, nostalgic kids, fat kids, kids kids who climb on rocks. Michael points to you for not saying the word charming there. I was <laughs> I was really looking at you like it's about to drop in three, two, but it's spooky season. That's... And also not to call it a fun little romp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Verbal crutches. When you start recording yourself, you'll start to learn. You're like, oh, I say that shit all the time. Um that's like I say, I'm with it. I'm with it. Or I hear you. Yeah. Anyways. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I said, it's just the nostalgia didn't really kick in for me. But yeah. I will say this, and this is going to be, oh, you guys are mean, you mean, whatever. She's had a lot worse jokes said about her before. This isn't even really a joke. I've never really found Sarah Jessica Parker to be all that attractive. I remember like in Sex and the City, everyone was like, oh, she's a sex symbol. And all they did was just put her in really expensive shit. Right. You know what I mean? Which it's like, oh, it's New York, but she's pretty hot in this movie. <laughs> well, I guess she gets one. She gets a free pass on this. But I really loved her in... Uh... Uh, God, what was the one that got nominated? Uh, Secretariat. <laughs> she was great in that. <laughs> oh, see, now we're being mean. Now we've crashed the <laughs> But, um, 
but yeah, no, she does do the the little seduction song at the end uh, when she's riding the mop to bring all the children to the witch's house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the the one which Bette Midler is so greedy with uh with the she's so she wants the the main the main daughter at that point. She's like, oh, I must have her. She called me ugly and yeah, yeah. Like there's like a litany of children outside. Right. You could pick any one of these that are already underneath your spell, and they just don't do it for some reason. Oh. Oh, hubris. Oh, hubris. Oh, gavelicorous. Gavelicorous. Lest you bring your broom of wax too close to the sun. That's exactly right. <laughs> I will say, the way they do the, what do they call it, the witch walk? Or the witch tracks? Where they all walk in unison, like, oh, right, and they right, lift right, their right. skirts. and That shit's a pretty good bit. That's a oh, pretty yeah, good yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's witch it's, tracks. And they it's right, fun left, coordination. Right, yeah. left, and they kind of jet their heads left and right accordingly yeah, they're like sniffing the air in unison and stuff yeah, like, yeah. yeah. that's a pretty good little bit man yeah. so you can tell they had fun making it so yeah I mean it, it's the, the whole movie is full of like clever little you know physical comedies and and plays on words and you know it, a lot of it is is sort of fish. Bette Midler chewing the scenery uh, yeah I was just gonna say it's very much fish out of water where like you know the, the Sanderson sisters come across a paved road and they're like it's a river made of black ice right you know <laughs> pretty good oh when they hit on the bus driver that was funny that's yeah, right yeah, yeah the bus driver can you bring us into town with children there's an adult joke that he says in there and she goes oh we desire children and he goes it may take me more than once or something like wow. he says something like that that it's like kind of a wink like yeah he said it may take more than one try or something like that wow. i'm probably butchering the line but i remember it being like a kind of a wink, like, did he really just say that shit? Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody's screaming, like, that's not what he says at all, but... Hey, whatever. It's my view of going experience. So. That's right. So, um... We don't be remembering shit. But, yeah, we don't remember shit, hardly. We just regurgitate what we think we remember. And, uh, you pay us for it. Oh, wait, you don't pay us. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's a free service. You know what man. I would do if I was getting a free podcast about two assholes' opinions that didn't really matter? I'd shut the fuck up. I just... By the way, when we say that, just for context, everyone says I never can follow you guys, um, which you can't. It's, right. it's a second language to us. But when we go, I would just shut the fuck up. There's a skit in The Chappelle Show where he plays Black Bush, Black President George Bush. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, he's talking, there's like somebody, some reporters asking about the war and stuff. And he's like, and the, he's like, the UN asked him about this. And he goes, you know what I would do if I was you, UN? I would sanction me. And he goes, oh, wait. You don't have a fucking army. You know what I would do if I didn't have an army and I was trying to sanction me? I don't know. I might just mm, shut the fuck up. That's what I'd do. <laughs> shut the fuck up. So that's where that comes from if you ever hear say that. But um, in terms of the review, though, please, I will give it mm, how many stirring? I will give it 11 stirs of the cauldron. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to give that movie one great lap around the racetrack for Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) I thought you were going to go like... That's right. I doubled down. That's right. I thought you were going to say one really fancy hat at the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) That would have been great. We can use take two. Whatever you want to do. It's all good. They'll be like, why did Marcus review it twice? Because I needed to. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, moving on. The other thing I watched... Yes, sir. ...was... I did watch The Cold Open to Dracula, which I do quarterly. That's such a... We voted it as the greatest cold opening of all time. It, it's pretty goddamn good. Like, yeah. I mean... 
that in and of itself, like, is a little mini movie that is so well shot and so well done. I mean, like, Francis Ford Coppola could have just submitted that as, like, a short film and still won the Oscar that year. Yeah, I'm with it. But no, I did watch the cold open, and I will say it still holds up. And again, I do watch it quarterly, so I don't want to spend a tremendous amount of time. But this is a callback to some of our previous episodes where we do, I think it's episode three, where we do the coldest opens. I want to say six. Either way. There's some cold. It's somewhere between three and six. Write us in and let us know which one is right, because I'm too lazy to check right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it still holds up, man. The whole sequence of him renouncing God and being Mm -hmm. like, yo, this is my fucking prize I get for going off and fighting your little holy fucking war. This is what I get. Well, and then on top of it, you I mean, the costuming is great. Like his, his licorice it, armor? Yeah. It, well, I was going to say, yes, it does kind of look a little bit like licorice, but I mean, it's intended to be a skinned bat or a skinned wolf. Is that what that is? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I just thought it was designed. Um, that's why it's got the, the ears and the pointed uh, the, the pointed faceplate and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's intended to look like a, a skinned bat or a skinned wolf. Oh, that's dope. I, yeah, I, I saw that on the director's commentary, and it always stuck with me. This is usually a Marcus fact. So appreciate you, because it's a spooky <laughs> season indeed. This is what it's like when you get asked first. You got somebody that really has your back? Dude, I spoil you. <laughs> I appreciate it. He's, he's too good to me. Michael's good older brothering right now. Uh, so I did watch that. I watched the cold open of that. I won't spend a lot of time on that, but go watch that. Go watch Just it, yeah. Google cold open Dracula. <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Comes up with that, and the soundtrack in that. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Constantinople. 19, whatever it was. Uh, 1312. A Romanian night. Yeah, that shit's gangster, man. And it's all shot with practical effects. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's Francis Ford Coppola. See, puppets impaling other puppets. (laughs) (laughs) It's dope, man. But, I mean, like I said, it is Francis Ford Coppola, like, at his masterwork. I mean, he he is... it, he's utilizing the most classic of cinema tricks and putting them in a way that audience had not seen for probably, God, at that point, 50 years and reintroducing them to it. And people were blown away. Like, how did he do it? Like, actually, they did it in like 1912. Yeah, so. like, actually, what's his name that did Psycho and the Bur- uh, Hitchcock? Hitchcock. <laughs> every movie for like decades. But yeah. outside of that... As I do my hair, which you'll hear my luxurious mane flowing through the mic, um, I did watch a new movie, a newer movie. It just got released on uh, Disney Plus. Ooh, tell me. I watched The Haunted Mansion. Interesting, sir. Let's put a pen in that because I also watched Haunted Mansion, and I think you and I could do a, a good deep dive on that and have some opinions. Well, yeah. So you want to save it for the end? Yeah, let's save it for the end. Okay. So then, or, like, no, fuck it. Let's get into it. Let's get. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It's, the, it's the witching hour. Because um, I was going to ask you what you've been watching next, and if you watch the Haunted Mansion, we can just talk about. So hey, um, let, let's just do that then. Hey, Michael. Well, that's all I've been watching. What you've been watching? Uh, saw the Haunted Mansion. Awesome. You want to talk about <laughs> it? <laughs> fucking segue nailed. <laughs> Booyah. We're very good at this. Points to fucking Ravenclaw. <laughs> We would be Ravenclaw. I am a Ravenclaw, from what I understand. I've only seen like three of those movies, but apparently I'm a Ravenclaw. So I take pride in my little bit of knowledge and ignorance. Which one is all about bitches, beers, and bombs? Because that's the fraternity I'm trying to pledge to. I'm getting a 4.0 in damage. I ever tell you... Oh, man. I, no, I'm not going to put it out there. We have a... Oh, no. 
No. I'll I'll say it with you. Don't you rip my motherfucking idea off. This is this idea that I'm about to say belongs to me and Mike Wins. <laughs> Trademark. Trademark Copyright. fucking Attaboy Productions. God but um we were gonna start a fraternity and a restaurant and it was gonna be called Beta Beta Omega. BBQ <laughs> <laughs> It's a fucking really good idea, so don't dick ride. Don't dick ride. I like it. Oh, yeah. BBQ, Beta Beta Omega. Coming to a Walmart parking lot near (laughs) East. Anyways, the Haunted Mansion. Beta Beta Omega for all your barbecue and foot rub needs. I love how I give ourselves points for the wonderful segue, and then the second we give ourselves points for the awesome segue, we we throw it directly in the trash. (laughs) So, back to the Haunted Mansion. The new Disney Plus one, or the one that's on Disney Plus directly. Directed by Justin Simeon. What'd you think, my guy? Um, I mean, I liked it. I did too. It's it's not a bad movie. I I have questions about it. I really, really, really like the cast. Rosario Dawson yes. is amazing as always. Lakeith Stanfield is just charming as fuck. Um, you know, Danny DeVito is Danny really DeVito. is is yeah, you know, eccentric and weird and delightful. Um, Owen Wilson is just smarmy and sardonic and, and deliciously wonderful to watch. Always. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So like the, the cast is, the cast is phenomenal. I have a few problems with the pacing of the movie. It, it tends to like stop and start and stop and start and stop and start a lot. Um, I also, it's like, how do I put this? Okay. So in a kid's movie. You would want the ghost to be like over the top and silly and cartoonish and very like visually, uh, um, very visually dynamic, very visually interesting. You know what I mean? Or if you're gonna do the invisible ghost stuff, you would want them like where they like like slapsticky. Yeah, you want them slapsticky, like throwing eggs and pulling the rug out from underneath people, or like. Uh, splashing water all over the, you know what I mean like yeah. and they don't do either one and it's sort of like like all the ghosts you can only there's a plot point where Lakeith Stanfield's character develops a camera that can take pictures of spectral images so it basically it's a it's a ghost uh, ghost camera I couldn't think of the word camera <laughs> It's a ghost camera. Ghost lens. It's a ghost photography unit. If only there was some sort of machine (laughs) which could capture an image at a particular point in time for our viewing pleasures later. If only such a machine existed. It's like a camera, but not for movies, but for... (laughs) (laughs) Postcards, that's the word I'm looking for. Anyways. Yeah, but like, so the all, all the images of the ghost are like sparkly dots and, and they're not, they're not slapsticky, they're not cartoony, they're just sort of there. And so, I don't know, the whole movie, to me, it was way too dumb for older kids and way too scary for younger kids. And like, like a, a really young child is not going to be able to keep up with this plot line and like why they're doing the things that they're doing because it's it's sort of all over the place. It's very Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Carmen San Diego. It's all. Yeah. Over. I thought the whole point of that was finding where she is. But that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. like you're constantly like, wait, why are we here now? Wait, uh, okay, okay right. I got you. I got you now. Okay. I thought you meant in the most simple form. They ask you the point of it in the in the title. <laughs> That's the whole point. Of it. We are trying to find where on this globe Carmen San Diego is currently. 
Also, shout out to Rockapella. Oh, man. How much you gonna risk? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I laugh about it. <laughs> I, I bet you think I didn't know the song I did. Well done, sir. Yeah. I'm actually impressed. Yeah, man. Look at that. Anyways, yeah, Rockapella. You brought that out of me. Do it, Rockapella. Yeah. Booba. <laughs> anyways, so getting off the rails again. So, uh, to your to your point. Smash cut to two weeks from now when we get a cease and desist from Rockefeller. <laughs> like, Rockefeller. You guys are definitely biting our bit. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. You're we're literally singing a cappella. We're trying to pay homage. <laughs> we're trying to. We're just stealing, but we're trying to pay homage. Um, no, so to your points, though, I, I think it's an interesting point in which you said that they weren't slapsticky enough, mm-hmm. and they also weren't, what was the other phrase you used? Um, oh, they weren't. Oh, that you said they weren't like quote unquote like visually dynamic. Dynamic. See, I would disagree. Initially, they weren't when he was just using the lens, but they break the lens, which was a major part of like right. why he gets there. And then, like within the first thirty minutes, they break the lens. So it's like okay. So right when they actually get rid of the lens, the movie gets better because then for whatever reason, the ghosts start to reveal themselves. And then you kind of get these individual characters. You get like, oh, the sea captain mm-hmm. ghost, and you get the the executioner ghost, and then you get the the two ghosts which have been dueling, and you get the the axe murderer wife ghost. Which so then I thought they all kind of had a bit which worked more, better than it did when they just had the camera. So I'll give you that. Well, but but even then, like they they play the invisible ghost thing, but it's just basically actors talking to empty space or like they they might have the ghost right on a mirror, but like they're they're not doing anything particularly like noteworthy or visually interesting. It's just it's all just just actors talking to open space, you know what I mean? Like that like it was it, there was a great opportunity there for them to do something really visually interesting other than just you know like how many times do they just have a ghost write something on a pad and paper um at least four or five times yeah a little less than that but probably yeah four is probably a close close guess yeah enough times though i get your point right i'm not gonna stare and wax semantics which usually we will go on a giant rabbit hole to argue (laughs) about how right or wrong one of us is about or some dumb shit. Or if not on the paper, like I, I got paper, you. but like on a mirror yeah, or yeah. whatever, you know, what have you. Yeah, no, um, I, that's that's fair. Um, I will say that I think they did they did do a pretty good job of making them visually interesting once they were seen. Sure. I also really liked how as they're exploring the haunted mansion, um, it's weird. I've been to Disney and I, I went when I was really, really, really young, mm-hmm. and I only remember like you have those weird memories that you're like, I, it's almost like a still image. Sure. And you're not quite sure if you're remembering it correctly or not. The only thing I know I remember correctly is I remember going on the teacups. I remember the Dumbo ride because I was that age where it was like I didn't, I couldn't do the big ride. I didn't do right. Space Mountain or anything. And then I remember going on the Haunted Mansion. I remember the chairs turning as it went down the hill. Yeah. And I remember that vividly because they had like such a dynamic back piece to them. Um, and I remember that. And other than that, I don't remember shit about it. Yeah, there was, there was, there was a part in the ride where like, they're, they're, they're riding on the track and the chairs turn and face a mirror and there was like a holographic image of a ghost sitting yeah. in your chair with you. Yeah. And like you go over the um, the ballroom and they're all dancing like floating in the air and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So I remember yeah. bits of that but I don't remember the full ride. Sure. So it was kind of cool seeing that but... um, And they have all of those scenes like in the movie. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. They, which... it's, it's very ride heavy in the references. Yeah. 
Um, but I will say this, that what I was bringing up though is I did like that as you're, they're exploring the mansion, like, oh, we have to go to the, for whatever, we have to go to the attic. Oh, we have to go to the basement. Oh, we have to do, you start to see the little, um, they, they, they did enough breadcrumbs of who these ghosts were. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you do finally get to see them, when they're all in their blue spectral form, you would see, um, an ax and you would see like a photo of a man and a woman. And next to the, like, as they're exploring the attic. Mm-hmm. And then as the camera pans and the light shines off of it, the head of the, the husband would be gone. Right. And then you would see an axe, and you're like, oh, there's an axe murderer ghost up here. And then they're exploring earlier, and they go in a hallway. And they go, every time I walk past here, my sides hurt. My sides hurt. And then later, when they goes into the astral plane or whatever, you see two brothers dueling each other, and they shoot each other in the... In the, in the side. sides. Right, right. And so there was little cues that I kind of liked. It was like, good on you as right. dropping enough breadcrumbs to be like, these. we're going to flesh these these characters out, but we're kind of letting you know like their, their bit or their gimmick ahead of time. So sure. I, I kind of appreciated that. So I was actually, at first when they broke the, the spectral lens or whatever, uh-huh. I was like, you just spent 30 minutes on like, oh, I can't get it to work. Yeah, I'm, his whole, the, the Keith Stanfield's whole reason to deter is like ruined in the first 30 minutes. And like and I, I understand that like the whole gimmick of why they can't leave the house is once you step foot in the house, you sign some sort of like spectral contract where like even you're if haunted, you leave, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're gonna be haunted. So like Lakeith Stanfield tries to leave and he gets haunted at his apartment and at the coffee shop, and then uh Tiffany Haddish's character comes in, she's like the the voodoo priestess right. uh psychic, whatever, and you know, she talks about like do you know what it's like to have a ghost horse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She puts the weirdest emphasis on the word horse. Anyway. Yeah, she does. She um, does. Yeah, so like so basically they all agree that like they're just gonna stay in the house and try and solve the mystery of the house so that they can stop being haunted. Yeah, which again I, I liked it and I do agree with you in the sense to bring up your earlier point about there is an aspect of it that is very silly and you're like, Oh, this is a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, I thought it was rated pretty appropriately for it to be PG thirteen. There's some legitimately scary stuff in there. Sure, like and not they do jump scares, but I mean jump scares are kind of easy to come by. Right, but they do those enough where they merit it, and you're like, oh, I didn't expect them to have somebody almost be headless in a right, you know, or like the arm reach out, a dilapidated arm reached out, and or decayed arm reach out and grab somebody and drag him away, like. That's, you would see that in a rated R movie. Sure. You know? yeah, so yeah, I was like, yeah. good for you for going for it. Yeah. It does. I mean, they, they, it, they definitely do a good job of infusing elements of serious horror with like children's comedy. Yeah. But which, it, but but again, I think that they 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 never really decide which way they want to go with it because the scary parts are legitimately scary, and then the dumb kid parts are legitimately really dumb kid parts. And so I I, I just I don't know. Totally. No, you're saying totally it was a little off. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a fair assessment. I didn't bump up it against you, I think. Bump in the night as much of it up, oh yeah, up against it as you did, I don't think. Um, and the the saving grace of all of this is no matter when the tonally shifts. And the director, um, what's his name? Um, Justin Simeon. Mm-hmm. He's also, he does a couple um, horror comedy movies. He did Bad Hair, which is like, um, it's a... It's uh, like uh, a black barbershop or whatever, and they do weaves and extensions and stuff like that. And there's like cursed hair in it. Oh, nice. And it's, a, it's a pretty silly movie. It's, okay. it's pretty funny. Um, so it's definitely worth a watch. He did that, and he did um, Dear White People also, which pretty it's a very different vibe movie. But, sure. Uh, so he kind of has a little bit of that in it. But I, um, I appreciated the fact that it was kind of silly 
and also kind of Raider. I kind of appreciated it a mm-hmm. little bit. And I, I appreciate that it was kind of within his wheelhouse. And there were some shots that I really liked, too. Um, oh, yeah. When, when Lakeith Stanfield does go into, they do a seance, a reverse seance. It's really he jokes with um, Tiffany Haddish about astral projection. And they go into it, and it's like this really vivid, almost kind of like Wakanda afterlife kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's a lot of purple hues. And, and then they kind of throw in a little bit of Doctor Strange, how the ghosts maneuver through the house differently, and the house can spin, and you're right, going right. through mirrors. It's and constantly like, changing shape. Yeah, and, and it was kind of dope. Change, you know, he'll... he'll he runs down a hallway and then all of a sudden the camera rotates and then he's like running on the ceiling and he falls. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of dope though. Um, so I respected it, but I will say this above all the parts I did like and above all the parts that I didn't like, they assembled a strong enough cast Oh yeah. at every turn. I was like, I like one of these people on screen. Right. I like all the, I, I like Tiffany Haddish. Um, sure. I like Owen Wilson, which shout out to him. He pretty much doesn't. And I mean this as a compliment, like Snoop Dogg doesn't have to act anymore. He just gets paid to be <laughs> right, Snoop Dogg. Right. Owen Wilson, if he wants to phone it in and like, hey, we just want you to be Owen Wilson. Yeah. Like, don't go get an Owen Wilson type. Like we joke about Vince Vaughn. Don't go get a Vince Vaughn type. Right. Oh yeah. Go get Vince Vaughn. So, buddy, he, buddy, buddy, if you want a Vince Vaughn type, you just get the Vince Vaughn type. You know right. What I'm Come on. Same thing with it's Owen beautiful. Wilson. So he does he does himself pretty well. The like, uh, like you said, the sardonic kind of dry wit kind of. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. even know what I'm doing here. Right. Yeah. Thing, very but sarcastic. But still very relatable. Dry. Yeah. 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 Um, so Very, it, like smarmy everyman kind of thing. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, I think is a great actor. Actually, man, I, I liked him in Get Out. I love him in the movie. Um, Sorry to bother you. Oh, which is a weird fucking that movie, is a man. mind trip of a movie. Yeah. So okay, we gotta we gotta have to take a brief. Let's not sum it all up, but just a quick but, recap. So basically, Lakeith Stanfield gets a job doing telephone sales. He meets. Uh, Danny Glover, who tells him to use his white voice, and then he develops this white persona and uses it to sell a bunch of money, and then turns out that uh, the company he works for is trying to turn black people into servants. Well, but with a real big twist, and we'll save it because you, oh, yeah, yeah. you, you just watch the it's movie. It's a wild and, movie. Just watch the movie, and when it takes a, a sharp left turn, just we warned you. Okay. Yeah. There's a weird scene with Tessa Thompson doing poetry, getting like baloney or something thrown at her too. It's fucking weird. Uh, I forgot about yeah. that. There's all, if you want just a quick synopsis of the movie, it's called Sorry to Bother You. And we're talking about Lakeith Stanfield in Haunted Mansion. Right. But he's also in a movie called Sorry to Bother You. Just type in on YouTube, Sorry to Bother You, Compliment Battle. And you will <laughs> you'll you will thank us. So um yeah. I point being I like Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. I like Owen Wilson. I like Danny DeVito. Jamie Lee Curtis shows up in it. Right. Um who else is in it? Uh even the, the young Oh uh what's his name? Jared Leto. He plays Oh uh, yeah, I don't uh, like him. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no, fuck oh, that how, guy. I'm forgetting the queen of all, man. Rosario Dawson is in it. Oh, that's right. Rodaw yeah. herself is in it. Um and even the young I'm man Road Dog? Yeah, Road Daw, Road Dawson, Ahsoka herself. And what was the young kid's name? It was Colin something. Uh, oh, Ch- uh, Chase Dillon. Sorry, yeah, not Colin. Yeah, Chase Dillon. Yeah, Chase it. Dillon is in it. He was, he was good, man. This movie also, in terms of what you were talking about tonally, above the ghosts and everything like that, it actually has some really adult themes. Yeah. About like a nine-year-old dealing with uh, loss in general, with Lakeith Stanfield dealing with, big spoiler alert, but not really, not this part, but uh, dealing with the loss of his wife. Yeah. And it's... Well, they okay. they tug on the heartstrings a little bit, man. The whole crux of the movie is the the main villain ghost is trying to get a thousand souls to 
trapped in this house, or whatever, and then somehow or another that grants him another shot at life. So he oh, gets to come to back wreak to wreak havoc, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but the whole thing, he has 999 souls and the whole plot hinges around a kid trying to commit suicide. Like he has to have a willing soul. A willing soul has to be the And thousands. so he chooses a kid. And so the whole plot hinges around a kid committing suicide to let him free from the afterlife. So, so the kid, well, we're just going to spoil it. So the kid can be with his dad who you find out at the end right. is dead. Like and Lakeith Stanfield also was like, oh, if it's between me dying and me seeing my wife again, yeah, take me instead. But he he steps up to stepdad mode real quick. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's like, I gotta be really nice to this kid if I want to get with Rosario Dawson. <laughs> so well played, Lakeith Stanfield. I'm familiar with that game. Yes, no, well played, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, um, you have kids. I love kids so much. <laughs> So I um the cast really though to get back to that point really does in my opinion whatever quote unquote qualms I might have had mm-hmm. it's like oh this cast can carry this movie it's two hours just about on the nose they could have carried it another thirty minutes you would have felt the time a little bit but I was with it I, see even I even think it was a little bit too long I think really? you could have okay. probably cut about probably about uh, maybe. At least eight to ten minutes out of this movie, and it, you wouldn't have missed a beat. In fact, I think it might have helped it a little bit. You just, are you being hater ass Huey over there? Do I need to ring <laughs> There he goes again. Where's that bell? Hater ass Huey alarm. I'll press <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. Y'all unfamiliar with the hater ass Huey alarm? You got to be ever vigilant in your watch. Mike will slip into hater ass Huey mode. I'm not hating. Quick. Okay. I, do, it sounds, I, actually, no, no. I smell the direction of hate stepping up. No, no, no. I smell it like a pair of new shoes. I actually do. I, I really do like the movie. I have serious problems with the pacing and sort of the direction of the movie in terms of like, it kind of meanders and goes all over the place. A little bit. So, it's... They had a whole mansion to explore, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Plot line for every room, big That's dog. Right. That's right. I guess you're right in that. It is. It is a Scooby Doo episode in terms of they have to go through each room in the mansion. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and in the spectral plane, but yeah. But I dug it though. I, I would actually recommend. And, it. and admittedly, the last like as much as I complained about how they don't have this like huge dynamic show for like the the ghosts and like I would have done it more slapsticky. The last I would say f- thirty to forty minutes of the movie is all just ghosts fighting each other and, and like they, they definitely make up for it but they take a long time to get there. The final action sequence isn't even really like it's mostly like pieces of a puzzle coming together. Mm-hmm. There's no like grand escape scene. It's really an emotional battle about like hey don't you want to be with your wife your dead wife or don't you want to be with your dead dad and it's not like action packed but it's fucking emotionally oh, like sure. a punch in the gut. You're like damn. This poor kid gets picked on because he dresses like Carlton, and you know, there's a funny joke in there. He's like, "I don't know why I don't have any friends. Like, I, I raise my hand all the time in class. I let I the do other, all my homework. Yeah, I do I, all my homework. I, I dress I, nice. I let the teachers know when other kids are breaking the rule on the playground." And Keith Stanfield's like, "Yeah, I think I, I figured out some of your problems there." <laughs> but he does a cool thing, which I've, I've actually done before. In a moment, um, he he's sitting there trying to reason with the kid because he's whatever he's angry about why am i in this house and i moved down to this town and no right. i don't fit in anywhere and he like uh he starts to play action figures with them and i was yeah. like man that was something i've I've done in my life in my quest of dating people that have kids it's like i would play get down on the ground and play wrestling figures with somebody and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And what the 
the mom didn't know was actually I was having a fucking great time doing it. <laughs> right. And Lakeith Stanfield in that he acted it very well in the sense of he looked like, hey, I, I'm actually having a good time doing this. This is some shit I used to do all the time. You yeah, know? yeah. So he yeah. kind of like resorted back to like, oh, I get to be a big kid for a minute. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. He portrayed that pretty well, I think. So yeah, shout yeah. out to, I, I like Lakeith Stanfield. It, so. it was a really, really touching moment. And then like, yeah, I mean, he he shows up and just gives the kid like, hey, I picked this one up at a, at a what do you say, a swap meet or something? Yeah, like a, something. Like a year ago. And the kid's like, cool, whatever. He's like, so would you maybe want to go play? And before he can finish it, the kid like swoops up the toys and like grabs his hand and it's like... Yeah, he runs off in the other room. Yeah, sweet moment. So. Yeah. Um, I. What do you want to review? Do you have anything else to say on it or... No, I mean, I think I've, I've kind cast of touched carries on it. it and... Yeah, I mean, for sure the cast carries it. I mean, like, there, there's no there's no misses in the cast. Yeah, like, there's it, not. Everybody's there's not. so great at what they do. Like, they do exactly what you would cast them to do for that. Like Rosario Dawson is is wonderfully sweet and humorous and protective of her protective son. of her kid and and oh yeah, uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is just so suave and and just reserved in a way, very reserved but like very stoic, but also like. You feel that he's the only one in control of the room at any given moment. Right. Like he's he, like in a weird way, like very leadership qualities, like quiet leadership quality. You know, like I don't know what it is about this guy. Yeah, that's a good. There's a scene where he he breaks down to the the entire cast, like Keith Stanfield does, and he's saying that like, oh, I don't even know if my wife ever loved me, and he, and in mm-hmm. the meantime, he's saying that like, he's telling him about a day with his wife, and he's like, oh, we were gonna go run a marathon, and then she went and got. A cheesesteak, and we were eating the cheesesteak. He's like, "Oh, you want to go for a walk?" And then she went and got tater tots, and then she went and got ice cream. Right. And he's sitting there bawling about his dead right. wife. And Danny DeVito does the thing that you would want Danny DeVito to do. And at the end of it, when everyone's crying, he he breaks the tension with a joke, and he's right. like, "What was the cholesterol on this lady? Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> no wonder she's dead." And it's like, and everyone just dies laughing. And during that moment, when Lakeith Stanfield, you're talking about Rosario Dawson, and just how fucking. We've said it before. She's on our wall. Um, she's so natural. She is playing the mother of, of uh, Colin, whatever his name is. Um, Chase. Co- yeah, Chase. God. Yeah, whatever it is. Chase Dillon. Chase Collins, we respect Chase Collinsworth, yeah. We're trying, buddy. You did a great job in this movie. But uh, Lakeith Stanfield's breaking down the like how much he misses his wife, and he's crying, yeah. whatever. And Rosario Dawson just does something where she just slowly puts her hand on the son of or the back of her son, and just rubs while she's paying attention. And it's just such like a motherly moment. And the way she does it is so fucking believable that it's like this wasn't scripted. She's just kind of like, oh, like... Yeah. I'm going to make... Very natural. Yeah, and she's so good. Like, I never feel like she's reading a line or she's... Oh, no. She's she's in the the conversation. I I guarantee... Maybe not soon, but one day, I could absolutely see her winning, like... The highest of accolades, like Oscars and like all sorts of nominations. I mean, she's like, already won the underrated performance. How, how much higher can it get? I mean, really? Like, <laughs> it's like a fight. It's better than the fucking MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. <laughs> that's like uh, that's way better than the Nickelodeon Award, and they slime you on they that one. They slime you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. So no, it's just I just want to give a shout out to that moment because is. Was... <clears throat> I apologize. Go ahead. But no, I just wanted to give a shout out to that moment because it is a real 
kind of tearjerker of a scene and yeah. is very emotional. And Keith Stanfield's knocking it out of the park. Owen Wilson's doing his typical reaction of like, wow, I just can't believe, you know, whatever he does. Which he does well. Tiffany Haddish for once. She's a real talker in the movie. And yeah. she's kind of, when she shuts up, you're like, that's what I would want her to do in this moment. And then Danny DeVito. She, she is definitely the exposition dump. She's the one yeah. that it, that's like explaining the rules and like anytime they're like, well, we don't understand. She's like, all right, let me break this down for you, dumb white children. And she's also a little bit, and I mean this as a compliment, like a little bit, uh, just a, a little taste of Donkey from Shrek where she's always kind of just sure. running her mouth about something in the background, um, which is a perfect Tiffany Haddish role. Right, she knocks right, right. that apart. So she's doing what she does in that scene. Owen Wilson's doing what she does. Rosario Dawson reaches out and consoles her son. Right. And Danny DeVito breaks the silence. And that was the moment I was like, they cast this movie fucking perfectly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. that's it's, exactly what I would want from each of these people in this yeah. scene. So, I will give that movie six tired actors because they carried the fuck out of it. <laughs> That's hard to beat. That's hard to beat. <laughs> six out of six tired actors. I will give it one movie in which I'm grateful I didn't actually see Jared Leto appear, even though <laughs> even though he's in the movie. Because one half of what you've been watching would not have liked the movie as much. Then, so, there goes the hater ass Huey alarm. Right That's there. right. I was going to say somebody. <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's uh let's take a break and then we can get into some some of the stuff I've been watching. What's, what's some more of the stuff you've been watching? In fact, I'm with it. Uh, right. well, let's take a break from our sponsor, Candy Corn. Candy Corn. That's right. Didn't that come out in like 1890? Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Back from our sponsor, Candy Corn. Candy Corn. Every piece in existence was made in 1898. <laughs> they made so much candy corn. Eight billion and then Welsh's and all the other places just fucking repackage it. That's why every piece of candy corn you taste, tastes stale. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do kind of like candy corn a little bit. I can have one or two and I'm like, oh, I'm good for the year. You know what? It's better than raisins. Yeah, it's true. If you're handing out raisins on Halloween, fuck you. Yeah, for real. For real. I, <laughs> the only thing worse than that is that people hand out old, just dirty ass change. Like, why do I want this? <laughs> and this, you get a nickel? Yeah, this disease. and Like, money is the dirtiest, most bacteria-ridden shit you could touch. And you're putting it in there with my goddamn candy bars. Give everything a nice metallic taste. Eat a dick. Anyways. Listen, son. I handle 20s only. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? Pay or you can you put singles in my costume like a stripper. <laughs> nice. Anyways, thank you to our sponsor, Candy Cool. Uh, what else have you been watching, my guy? Let's see. After that, I uh, I went on a marathon. Oh, what kind of marathon? Oh, man. I watch Alien and Aliens back-to-back. Okay. okay. In keeping with spooky season. Damn. You really did a lot. Yeah. I just... Alien is... Had some crisis going on you were trying to dodge there, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> just drifting away to just constantly 
you can always tell our, our lives been dog shit when we come back. We're like, I've saw like 40 movies. Or or when we have absolutely nothing to talk about and it's like, all I've watched is Family Guy and BoJack Horseman. That means like, I have tried to put in as little effort into life as possible. I've watched every season of Kitchen Nightmares on a loop. Yep. That's when you can tell. Here's our signs to Marcus and Michael's mental health segment. <laughs> Brought to you by BetterHalp.com. Because <laughs> we don't have real sponsors. Not yet. Um, anyways, yeah, what have you been watching, man? Alien, Aliens, Marathon? Yeah, just, I mean, Alien is, I mean, to me, it's it's one of the... Masterpiece? Oh, it's a, it's a perfect horror movie. I mean... Ooh, the, the, we threw out the perfect, the perfect movie. It's uh, hard to come by here at what you've been watching. <laughs> I mean, in terms of horror movie, like, it, it essentially is just... There's somebody in the house, but in space, and it's shot so well, and Ridley Scott is such a a master of pacing and and building tension. I mean, it's a slow burn, but he does such a great job of creating this claustrophobic atmosphere in terms of, like, there is no escape. Like, you... And, and I think you and I have talked about this before. Like, you have to deal with a threat because where else are you going to go? We've you know? definitely talked about it on the show before. And, like, the one person that talks sense the entire time, Ellen Ripley, is the, the one person that's like, no, you're not bringing a contaminated person on board. We have to quarantine them. And then they fuck it up. And then she's like, we need to isolate him and keep him under medical observation. And then they fuck it up. And then... We need to kill this thing immediately. Let's just, you know, bail on bail in the in the in the life raft and nuke this motherfucker and just be done with it. And then they fuck it up. And she ends up being the lone survivor because, of course, she's the only one that thinks logically through the entire movie. So, yeah, I mean, great, great feminist hero, like in terms of badass, like women in cinema. I mean, it's it's her Furiosa and like Elvira. Sarah Connor. Oh, good pull. Good yeah. pull. Sarah yeah. Connor is real yeah. deal. Yeah. She takes down literal killing machines. I mean... Tough to beat. Anyways, no, I, I mean, I would give Alien definitely the perfect movie score. You can't pull on it and shit just unravels. And it's terrifying. The whole yeah, movie oh, is, is shot in close-ups and you have... Um, God, was that, uh, was that uh, Winston that did those? Oh, you're talking, yeah, that's a Matthew Dudley question. Yeah, I think Stan, Stan Winston or whatever his name is? Yeah. I don't know, Matthew would know. That, I, I believe that was Stan Winston that did the, the special effects on that. But anyway, I mean, based on the H.R. Geiger uh, illustrations, so it's the, it's this horrible biomechanical creature that's serpent-like and insect-like and also sort of animalistic. It just, it, it's, it's, it's this horrible amalgamation of all the worst traits of the animal kingdom that, that give humans the the very natural like like evolutionarily developed like heebie-jeebies like we don't like things that skitter we don't like things that spit we don't like things that are slimy so true. we don't like things that it is wet all the time constantly constantly yeah. it, it both looks wet and dry at the same time that is a one of the best creature designs of all time oh for sure yeah for sure unquestionably yeah so yeah no so you watch one and two one and then two is is the perfect sequel because it's more of the first but with bigger budget more guns more action 
And in a weird way, it's it sort of flips the whole series on its head because the first one is very much a horror movie, and then the second one is very much a I'd say it's an action sur- movie. Survival action movie. Yeah. I, like it but in the same vein of like Predator or um uh gosh, like the people under the stairs or something like that, you know? Um so yeah, it it's 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 bigger, it's better, it's more I mean, James Cameron comes in and just crushes it. And, of course, he's so visually robust and has this this grand vision of, like, how to... How, to, how do I put this? He, 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 he puts this very grand vision and, and just knows how to shoot it simply. Like, here's how we're going to achieve right. it. You know what I mean? Like, Execution at its finest, I would say. There yeah. you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people there, I would say their imagination exceeds their grasp. I've ne- even if the movie for whatever reason plot line wise it doesn't hit, the imagination of James Cameron has never exceeded mm-hmm. his grasp, in my opinion. So I I'm with you on that. So Yeah, yeah. It in a weird way it's it's almost very Spielberg, but I, I think Spielberg is a much more technically proficient director in terms of like just the way things are shot and like cinematography and things like that. I think James Cameron does. I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away from Steven Spielberg. You can't, but right. he does his homework. He's like, I need a, a camera that's going to go underwater to thirty thousand feet mm-hmm. or whatever, three thousand feet. And he's like, a camera doesn't do that. He's like, well, we're going to we're going to build that. one, right? And, and he does the research. He puts in the man hours. He puts liquid papers on bees <laughs> uh, to figure out what it is like to how to get those things. Very much so. Um, Alfonso Curacao, who did Gravity and Children right. of Men, does right. the same thing. Right. He's like, oh, I need a three sixty shot in a vehicle that is one take, and they're like. How? How are we going to manipulate a camera? He's like, I don't know, you hang it in there where the fucking light goes and we're going to rotate it via joystick and we're going to cut half the car off and slide it in and out so we can, I'm like, oh, so you already have the answer to right, it. Okay, right, so, right. Yeah, let's follow this. James Cameron is, I think, the king of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, what else have you been marathoning? What else have been marathoning? After that, I saw... Is it a true marathon or is it just a list of... Let's see. No, uh, just watched uh, uh, one and two. Didn't didn't follow it up with three or anything like the that. Quadrilogy. No, no. How do no, you feel no, about no. Prometheus and Alien Covenant? I I think it's a it's a weird direction to to turn the series. Like in in a weird way, Prometheus has almost nothing to do with the Alien. I mean. It asks. It, 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 it's very much the same plot in terms of. Somebody gets infected. They they right. break quarantine by bringing them onto the ship. But after that, it, it it takes such a wild deviation that it's almost not the same movie. I, I I really think it was more Ridley Scott trying to explore sort of his visual range than his storytelling range. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I, I think he was really trying to explore like what the limits are in terms of CGI and camera work and and um, visual spectacle. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I just think Prometheus ultimately asks and answers more questions than I didn't really want to ask or answer sure. in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I actually liked Alien Covenant. One, it's got the incomparable Danny McBride in it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm already, it's already a six for me, no matter That's where right. this movie goes. But I mean, he just plays Space Trucker, which is. Which is fine. Yeah. 
And he knocks it out of the fucking park. Plus, you get Fastbender being Fastbender. So, of course. But anyways, yeah. I was just curious what you thought. I, I have a love-hate relationship with Prometheus. I, I appreciate it, and when I watch it, I always enjoy it. But sometimes I'm like, this doesn't... See, I, It doesn't know, answer shit. Like, at the end, this they, they're hunting around for this fucking dude, and all of a sudden they find the dude, and then he kills everybody, and then everyone runs away, and that's it. You're like, that yeah. was... And it's like... And then there's face huggers and like what does that mean? spores and fuck you, you figured it yeah, out. Yeah, did these people create? Apparently, our DNA is so similar to the alien, and they do this black goo to try to speed up the process. It I, makes no fucking sense. So it's like, all right, cool. But Fastbender's diabolical in it. So and I actually word diabolical. Yeah. So, anyways, what else you been marathoning? Let's see. After that, I watched. Um, I went kind of on a, on a. Uh, Kids movie kick, and I watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline back to back. So okay, stop. Okay, you're still marathoning. I yeah. disqualify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, two classic movies. I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas is probably one of Tim Burton's most popular. Maybe not his best, but at least his most popular movie. I mean, it it hits the yeah. same vein in terms of like Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." In terms of like, you just know that. It, Somewhere between Halloween and Christmas, you're gonna watch that movie because it's it, true. it fills both it's niches. It's true, very true. So. Um, I mean, I I like both those movies. Coraline is that was directed by the same guy that did. Yeah, no, Coraline is directed by the same guy that same directed. Guy, yeah, because yeah, uh, Corpse Bride was actually directed by Tim. By Burton. Tim Burton, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's yeah. that's the one I mix up. Yeah, but Coraline was the same director. I forget yeah. his name, but yeah, because uh, Tim Burton didn't actually direct. Uh, produced both, yeah, but yeah, direct. Uh, Anyways, yeah, yeah. I it, just just to compare the two, I would say that I mean they're both incredibly short. I think Nightmare Before Christmas is like barely eighty minutes. I think it's like seventy seven, seventy nine yeah. minutes, something like that. It's definitely not long. Um, and pretty much that's just propelled by like it's a musical, so it's just propelled to the next song. You know, like they give just enough plot to be like, now let's sing about how we feel. Yeah. Pretty much. Um. But they're they're all real fun songs. It's it's Danny Elfman, so you can't go wrong. And uh, yeah, Danny Elfman I, is the composer. For yes, yes, Danny Elfman yeah. is the composer. I knew what you meant, but I, well, I'm trying to be better about being more inclusive. But yeah. um, also keep up. <laughs> exactly. So. Now, Coraline's a creepy ass movie, though, man. It is, and and I'm not as familiar with that one, but I remember I watched it a fair amount. I bought it on DVD when it came out, and I watched it. Because, like, everyone, oh, I hadn't seen that yet. So I watched it with one person. Oh, I hadn't seen that yet. And I ended up watching it with another. So I watched it a handful of times in rapid succession. And I don't think I've seen it since then. So, but I remember it being fucking creepy. And it, it is. It's doll's it's, eyes and the buttons are getting sewn on. And that's yeah, how you tell the difference it's, and it's, stuff. Uh, it, it's, sort of, um, it's sort of a gothic uh, Alice in Wonderland in terms of little girl finds a magical portal into a different different realm where. Initially, all of it, it's like fantasy land where you know her. She always sees her mother as like overbearing and and sort of you know always hovering around and nitpicking whatever. And this one just sort of lets her run free and do whatever she wants and let's have pies for breakfast and right. you know whatever whatever whatever. And then as she learns that, as she spends more and more time in the in the surreal world, she finds out that the mother's motives are more sinister driven and it, it ends up being a literal web in order to draw her in. So, yeah. Um, I do remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you rank these two films? I'm going to give, uh, let's see, I'll give nightmare before Christmas. 
364 days before Halloween. Good rating. Good yeah. rating. Uh, and I'm going to give Coraline four button eyes. It's a pretty good rating, too. Four pretty button good. eyes. Yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. fun movies. And definitely Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely something you could show like little, little kids. Coraline, maybe wait until they're, I don't know, a little older. I mean, like... Either make them young enough where they don't really get it, or skip a couple years till they're... Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a 10-year-old would be like, either they're just not going to like the movie, or they're going to be like, oh, this is fucking scary. Right, so, right. Yeah. I'm with you, I'm with you. So what else has been on the marathon so far? You've been true to your marathoning. Yeah, you, you man. You watched been, Alien I'm, and Aliens. I've been trying both to... stop motion. I'm yeah, with been, you. been trying to keep up with... Uh, Let's see. Um, did you watch every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? I did not watch it. So that's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, let's see. After that, oh, I saw something very similar to Haunted Mansion in terms of uh, shifting houses and and moving rooms. I saw uh, Ro- the the miniseries Rose Red. I don't even know what that is. It's based on a, uh, a Stephen King book where basically a paranormal psychologist has developed this theory that there are some houses that are just inherently evil. Huh. And so she assembles a team of a autistic psychic girl, a world famous psychic, a pre-cog, a post-cog, and... God, what was the other lady? And Scooby Doo. And Scooby Doo, right? There, there was there was a there was a great Dane in there as well. Oh lord. Uh, oh no, she was a she was a, a ghostwriter in terms of like she would let spirits inhabit her body and she would like write on a pad and paper like it's a good show it on was PBS. My husband that killed me. You know? Yeah, it was a good show on PBS. Too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so they basically go to this uh, haunted house that uh, the paranormal psychologist has decided is a dead cell, like it was once so charged with supernatural energy, but now it's... Bombed out and depleted. Bombed out and depleted, right. <laughs> um, so her idea is to bring all of these psychics together to give it sort of like a like a defilibrator shot to the heart to sort okay. of maybe see if she can jump uh, jump start it. Why would one want to do this? I'm sure they explain it, In, but it doesn't really make because sense. Because it will legitimize her whole oh. uh, tenure as a professor. In Hubris. Of, yeah, yeah. Hubris. The father, man. The careful, Icarus. Indeed. Fly too close to the sun with your wings of wax. That's right. So, Red Rose, you were saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, Rose Red. Rose, Rose Red, Red is the name of the house. Um, and basically every episode, it, I, I want to say it's a three-part uh, miniseries. The first one is basically just the, the paranormal psychologist walking through the, the house and explaining like, well, it was built by this you know rich philanthropist, whatever. He built it for his... 16 year old wife and then she ended up going crazy and then he may or may not have committed suicide and then she went really crazy and started building in like kind of like an H.H. Holmes house like you know that that Uh -uh. serial killer Uh -uh. so long story short H.H. Holmes bought an apartment building in Chicago uh, in like 1918 during the World's Fair and would bring in tenants and and, uh, uh, rumors like R O O M E R S, not yeah, rumors. Yeah, 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 I got you. I got you. Uh, uh, and then systematically kill them. And what he did was he had different people, like different contractors, build different sections of the house. And so there were false hallways and trap doors. And oh, like, oh, okay, I have heard about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I got. So you. he would like 
rent someone a room with like a trap door under their bed and he would just sneak in in the middle of the night flip the trap door and they would fall into like a pit of acid or whatever it's cold blooded man yeah 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 or like he would he literally like walled somebody up like cask of uh, Amontillado style like in a wall one time he Han Solo'd him yeah is the better reference yeah (laughs) thank you thank you so remember your audience so anyway (laughs) So the 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 widow uh, built this house that had like false rooms and like once it became haunted, the house was actually able to shift and change rooms around. So like you could never walk the same hallway twice and wind up in the same room. Sounds like a good idea for a roguelite video game, maybe. Uh, or you know a board game in which rooms change. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> constantly building. Yeah, shout out to Scooby Doo mis- Murder Mystery Jump yeah, Off. Yes, sir. <laughs> Anywho. Shout out to Hades, the video game. <laughs> Anyways. So, so, so yeah. So, invariably, the they start getting killed off one by one because they're driven insane by ghostly hauntings or the house itself or whatever. And, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's a survival horror story based on the fact that the house itself is evil. So. Did you dig it, though? I did. It, it was a little long-winded. It, it was very Stephen King in terms of he has a tendency to like over-explain things, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> cut to smash cut to three hours into this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it, it it's not super scary. It it is very. How do I put this? Is it like 13 ghosts where it's like each of these ghosts has a thing? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Very, That's what I was very, thought you were kind of picturing. Very similar to Haunted Mansion in terms of each, there's, each ghost is trapped here for a particular reason. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just, of, of course, it comes down to a final battle between good and evil. and It usually does. Yeah. What have you. Um, yeah. Not my favorite. I've... I, of the two, like I honestly would recommend Haunted Mansion over Rose Red, but just in terms of Rose Red is a mini series and it's inherently a little bit longer, so it's a little bit more commitment for what's, what's uh what is it on? Is it on like Hulu or something or I wanna say it's on I couldn't tell you. Either way, I'll whatever. figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, just didn't know if you knew off the top of your head. So. You just Google it, whatever. Yeah, just usually it. That's all. Well, this, cool. is, this is America. Go look yeah, it up. Right. Well that fell <laughs> off the marathon train, so Unless you watch them all together in one sitting. No, 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 no. Uh, not, not all in one sitting. No, 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 no. I did marathon one more thing. The marathon continues, the marathon you say. marathon continues. I watched Jaws. Okay. Perfect movie. Uh, agreed. We don't, we don't have to dive into do- we, we Jaws definitely, We definitely have talked about that before. Yeah. Just, but if you want to talk about the Adams Family again, we can, <laughs> we can bring that up. Da-da-da-da. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I watched Jaws. Jaws 2 and Jaws 3, back to back to That is a marathon, that my friend. Is. Tell us, how, did you, how nope. did you fare? I want you to note that I left off Jaws 4 because fuck that movie. You didn't want to see Michael Caine? <laughs> no, just I have inher- an inherent problem with the shark is stalking us, so we've got to move to an island. Right. Surrounded by water. Yeah, move to Iowa. Become a corn farmer. Yeah, moved to Nevada. It's dry as shit out there. Sharks of the corn. Sharks of, yeah. Desert. Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> Desert sharks. Anyways. Uh, no, that's a true marathon. That's a yeah, true marathon. Yeah. 
Uh, any any thoughts or what? It's a series of diminishing returns. That's it why, really that's is. why I, I said mean, two the, might be the worst sequel the, of all time. The, it started the, that trend. As good as one is, and I honestly don't have a real problem with two. I think it's more of the same, which is fine. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't do the sin of going too much bigger. Right to the point it's unrecognizable. To, right to the point where it's unrecognizable, like like, or they, just for the sake of doing, like, like they did in the Fast and the Furious. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, this isn't put a pin in that. Yeah, we'll yeah. come back to it. Yeah, oh, we will. Uh, it's a slow, slow like, burn. Like probably the most egregious error is like the scene where the shark pulls down a helicopter. But even then, it's a little bit believable because it's kind of a wimpy ass looking helicopter. Yeah, it is it, a little teeny tiny little bell news chopper, whatever. Yeah, not even. It's like it's like some amateur pilot that built it in his garage. Oh, like oh, right. I have an aviation license. Promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean I've said it before. I think that's why Jaws gets mentioned. Uh, Jaws two gets mentioned as the worst sequel of all time. Is it's not that like inherently, if you look at it individually as a film, you're like, oh, this is absolute dog shit. It's just that it is the first one that started the trend of like, sure. we don't really respect you as an audience, so we're just going to recycle the same shit. It's mostly, it's guilty as any other sequel that does that. It's just that it was the first one coming right. off the first blockbuster right. where you're just like, mm. so that's that's why I've always dubbed possibly. I mean, in a way, it I understand the argument for that sure, is what I should it, say. In a way, it was a trendsetter in terms of yeah. like every sequel afterward was like, oh, that's how you do it. Yeah. You just yeah. give the audience the same shit yeah. with a smaller budget. Yeah. Cut corners, yeah. Pocket the money. Cut right. corners, pocket the money. Right, right, so. right, right. right. Um, and then, of course, Jaws 3 is... It is what it is. I mean, I like Jaws three. I, 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 yeah. I mean, Randy Quaid is great, and it's got um, Louis Gossett Jr. in there. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, uh, Iron Eagle. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. He yeah, was yeah. on Sesame Street for yeah, a long yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, uh, Sam Jackson before Sam Jackson. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. It takes place at SeaWorld, man. Like, how many places in SeaWorld can a shark get to that you're, like, concerned? Well, they flood SeaWorld, but it's the weird part of this is, like, all indoors. It's some giant aquarium that, like... Yeah. Like, if you they, leave they, that area, you're They basically safe. build this underwater Atlantis scientific tunnel thing that's in a lagoon, and the lagoon happens to be attached to the ocean somehow. How it's in Orlando and attached to the ocean... Must be one hell of a fucking tunnel, yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah. Plot armor geography. I, that's that's counting on everyone not knowing exactly where the fuck Orlando <laughs> is and being like, yeah, Orlando, that's right near the coast, right? Yeah. People just Florida. They're like, oh, you're right near the beach? No, not really. Sure, not really. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, no, I like three, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's my biggest I, fear. I mean, you can tell that it's them trying to inject life into a series that they can tell is dead. I yeah. mean, the whole premise of it is that it's Jaws 3D, and there are very serious, like, oh, they specifically shot that for yeah. for the 3D effect. And it's still. The looks- undershot of Jaws approaching dead on is they do it so many times. <laughs> so many times. You're like, oh, his nose pokes out. <laughs> Yeah. But it's just a static shark. It's literally like it yeah. looks like Poochie escaping the planet. Like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like it's <laughs> <laughs> good Simpsons reference. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, so same. I mean, yeah. Uh, I forgot that uh, uh, Leah Thompson was in that. 
Who was that? Uh, Leah, she was uh, Marty McFly's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I gotta yeah. Yeah. spell it out for yeah. me, son. Spell it out for me, son. Um, also in Red Dawn. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, any thoughts? Any other thoughts on your Jaws marathon? Or I know we've talked about Jaws 1 plenty of times. We'll, we'll get back to talking about Jaws 1 soon enough. I mean, yeah, we've... There's there's literally nothing else I could say about Jaws in terms of that I haven't it's already said. It, it is a perfect movie. movie. It's a great horror movie. It probably is one of my top favorite horror movies of all time. Ooh, what was that you say? Uh, it was one of my favorite horror movies. Well, Michael, on that note, I'm going to cut you off because nobody <laughs> cares about your Jaws 2 or 3 opinions. <laughs> Sorry, being rude. I'm going to give it nom nom nom. There, there we go. <laughs> see, that's why you're a fucking professional here. Well done. Well done. I'm so glad you you went for that. What are your favorite, you would say, um, horror movies of all time? And I'll say this. Let's let's qualify it as horror movies not being like spooky season movies. Like unless Scooby Doo, the live action one truly scares you, I wouldn't call that a, a horror movie. Okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like Adam's Family. I love I will watch that. I'm gonna watch the Adam's Family very But it's soon. not a scary It's not movie. a scary it's a great Halloween movie. Got you, got you. Okay. okay. Nightmare Before Christmas. I I mean, I guess parts of that could scare you if you're a kid. If it truly did, then we can include that. Sure. But I mean like the Jasons of the world or like the truly what you would define a horror movie. What are some of your favorite horror films? Okay, okay. Because I, I put a little list together, and I think you might have as well. And I didn't know if Jaws, as you mentioned, as one of your favorite, actually made that list or not. I would say that it is one of my favorite horror movies, but I don't know that it technically qualifies as a horror movie. Like, that's that's more of a thriller drama. It, sure, there are horrific elements of it, but it, it definitely is built more on... Um, tension and drama more than the macabre. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So... It's, a very, it's an incredibly suspenseful movie, which suspense... Yes, yes, yeah. Suspense is one of my favorite types of horror movie. A suspenseful sure, movie. Sure, sure. Um, again, like Alien is is all suspense. Right. Like, where is the thing? It's the, high violin, the, thing. It's the right. high violin string over right. and over and over and over and over. Right, Yeah, right. yeah, I gotcha. Um, so, do you... I, I got a list if you want me to fire off, or you can... Sure, go ahead and let's just go, let's uh, go yeah, tit for tat. Well, yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on these movies, but I'll just kind of give you a quick reason as to why. And these are in no particular order. I don't mean, like, I'm going to say one, and then it doesn't necessarily mean that. This is number one for me. But uh, one, It's a sliding scale. Yeah, it's just in no particular order. Here are five of my absolute favorite horror movies. Cool. And one, i got to give a big shout out to 28 Days Later. The Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. That is a fucking scary yeah. movie. That uh, that pretty much introduced us to uh, Cillian Murphy, no? Yeah, yeah, that was I my mean, introduction to him. Um, and he, that movie is scary as shit because that was like the whole zombie, like the plodding, trotting, whoa, brains. Right. These motherfuckers are coming at you, and yeah. so they're introduced the fast zombie, yeah, or the, the f- rabid zombie, yeah, yeah. where they and you tran- you transform from living to to infected, or it is in its infection movie, I guess, right. but it's still they're zombies, whatever. But the way they spit blood at you and vomit it all over you, and then within a matter of what do they say, ten to thirty seconds, mm-hmm. you're one of them. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's fucking horrifying. And just to wake up from a car accident, have no idea what's going on, roam the streets of London, like what the fuck is going on, and your first human contact you have is that fucking absolutely terrifying. Well, that movie is brilliant in terms of, like you said, the the opening sequence is. Uh, Cillian Murphy wakes up from a coma. Yeah, I, I think he, he was a messenger and he got hit by a car. Yeah, or something yeah. Like that. Anyway, a, yeah. it 
it's very like The Walking Dead. You know, yeah, yeah, Rick yeah. Grimes wakes up from a coma and suddenly the world, the, the world is, is completely yeah. upended. But it does such a great job of building the isolation and the loneliness in the first like 10 minutes with, I mean, he's literally walking some of the most crowded areas in, in London. He's walking the bridge. He's walking Piccadilly Circus. He's walking, you know, Trafalgar Square and, and, and no one. Yeah, no, no and, and the fact that they were able to shoot that by completely eliminating the crowds and the the like the the, the everyday goings ons there was astounding. Yeah. And then to finally build it and break that tension, where the very first person, quote unquote, he meets is a church massacre and yeah. zombies that have like went to church and committed suicide or whatever, or or, or got infected there or what yeah. have you. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, also the the cold opening to that is brilliant. How mm-hmm. it's like the monkey bites somebody, and then within a minute, you can believe that this infection got out as quickly as it did. Oh and yeah, within, yeah. A, within a day, the world that yeah. you know is going to yeah, shit. It, it gets out because what environmentalists break into a research lab and they try to free test monkeys, yeah, something like that. And then yeah, the monkey then bites somebody on the finger, and then that person transfers and spits blood into right. the next guy. And then the, the the scientist the whole time is like, we have to kill him, we have to, like, immediately is like, you don't understand, it's rage, it's rage. Yeah. yeah. And then the second the scientist opens the door to get out, he gets infected, and then mm-hmm. they... And I, I love it in also the premise of the fact of, like, the only thing I didn't really like the first time I saw that movie was they, they pivoted very quickly from the infected into just humans being assholes. Sure. Which... I, I didn't like it initially when I first saw it because I wanted more infected. Sure. And then the more I've seen that movie over the years, the more I truly appreciate it because something like that would exactly happen. Yeah. And the idea that they paint this picture of the rest of the world is going the fuck on. What would you do if you had an island of, of great, you know, great Britain? Right. If the entire, what would you do? You'd wait it out right. and see what the fuck's going on. Like, right. Shut the down problem the is, all right, yeah, down the no one's getting or, off right. the island. Right. Right, right. So, like, it's us out here, and right. we yeah. bricked. Yeah, and so the fact that like these soldiers or whatever just become ultimately very bad people uh, in terms of you know. Well, essentially, they, trying they, to repopulate. We'll just put it very. They've been very lonely. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Might have uh, established a paradise under false pretenses. Uh, yeah, and so <laughs> yeah, and they've got a zombie chained up that they're like, oh, we need to figure out how long it takes for them to starve and all this shit, which isn't a bad idea, but. I didn't appreciate the fact that it pivoted from the infected to just oh yeah human beings are fucking terrible. But again, the more it I turns watched out the movie, the monster was man the entire time. Um, so I I love that movie. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna push ahead a little bit, but yeah, yeah. that is a, a definitely I on my list. Agree that, and quite frankly, it's a terrifying movie. Like you 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 hit the you you mentioned earlier like the high violin string that is constantly going. I mean like there. The pace of the movie only slows down enough to where, like, of course, they, they bring people together, survivors, and, like, you, you build relationships and rapport with people. You get to know them. But that's all just ultimately so that they can take some of that away from you in very graphic detail. And yep. so it's it's a constant struggle of, like, oh, I love these people. Oh, shit, I love these people. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, that's definitely on my list in terms of favorite horror film. Uh, number two, again, no particular order. I've talked about it before. Michael has not seen it, I don't think still, but Hereditary. Hereditary scared the shit out of me uh-huh. when I saw it. And not like, oh my God, like, oh, it was jump scares. There are jump scares in it. Everything in that movie is so fucking earned. And it's such a slow burn. And by the time I got to the final scene, I was blown away. I had not left a theater 
I remember joking with the person because I went with people and they went to go see something else and I went to go see Hereditary. And when I got done, I was like, like oh, how was it? I said, man, that was dark. I feel like I need to go to church after that. <laughs> and I, I loved that movie. It's There's violence in it, but not... I'm, I'll just be real. I don't like movies like the, apparently this movie, The Terrifier or whatever. That's mm. just super gore. Like, I'm not with all that. I didn't really like Hostel for that same reason. Okay. I've, okay. I've talked about it before, but... Um, just not into the, the, the gore aspect or the torture porn. I or... mean, if it's your thing, cool. It's just, it's not... Just like, not for you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's... Yeah, whatever. But Hereditary, there are... When it does choose to be violent, holy shit, you're like... It, yeah. And okay. um, um, uh, Tony Collette, I believe, is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's incredible. All, it's so well acted. That's uh, Ari Aster, right? Yeah, Ari, yeah, Ari Aster. And it is so good. And that is the slow burn of a very similar movie where the witch is a very slow... And it's incredibly rewarding by the end. But you're like, I could see why some people would tap out of it. It's but, funny you mentioned the witch. Well, we'll put a pin in that. <laughs> um, so Hereditary is on my list. We got 28 Days Later, Hereditary. The third movie... Um, I actually have a soft spot for this, and I'm grateful that somebody didn't do the Matrix on this, and they didn't tell me the. Somebody was also well, they did do a Matrix. Nobody was uh, spoiled it for me. Okay. So, but Saw. Yeah. I fucking really, really like the first Saw movie. Man. That's interesting because you you just mentioned that you don't like the the graphic like gore movies. Well, one one was still subdued enough where it was it was violent. But like by the two immediately they were like, all right, we're gonna double down on all of that. Sure, like sure. They, they threw some girl in a pit of dirty needles and you're just like, okay, man. Like, and she's like rolls around and instead of her being like, oh man, I really don't want to be in here. Let me move gingerly. She just rolls around and screams like, ah, ah. It's like that's no logical person. You would freak out initially and you'd be like, oh shit, I'm in dirty needles. Let's try Maybe to not. move smart. You know, right. I mean, you're still you're gonna get pricked no matter what. But like, let's try to minimize the thrashing and flailing. Right. Right. And then by then it was just like they're gonna show you ripping fingers. So, but the first movie I enjoyed the shit out of, and spoiler alert, when Jigsaw stood up in that fucking room, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was fucking screaming like, yes, that was such a good twist, man. And some people hated it. Oh, man. I was I was definitely in that camp for the. First I loved time. it. Man. I was like, that was so dumb. That was the worst plot twist. In now the- everyone's you would see him breathe. I'm like nobody was paying attention to him. And also, you can if you're well, calm yeah, enough, only, and you, only because the camera forced that. Well, like, no, I'm saying the characters wouldn't be. And also, if you're steady enough with your breathing, and there's panic going on, no one's gonna notice. Like you can do it well enough, I think. But whatever, here nor there. I, so you're telling me this dude didn't like once fart, fart in a sleep? He is or, old. Like, that's true. <laughs> have the sniffles or like? <laughs> I don't know, Michael. He could. People have done more amazing feats, Michael, than lay there quietly it's just, for it's, twenty minutes. It's it's a it's a long stretch. Of either way, either way, I didn't see it coming, and I'm grateful because I remember that movie came yeah, out. You know why you didn't see it coming? Because it's dumb. You know what? Don't <laughs> don't shit on the movies that I like right now. And also, I also really like the fact that the movie was shot in like 18 days yeah. in a warehouse. That's, and some people, oh, you can fucking tell. It's dumb. Like, stop with the hater-ass Huey shit. That's a fucking massive... That's like El Mariachi. Like, yeah, yeah, That's that level sure. of, like, you For made sure. a fucking... A really good movie in a fucking weekend. Yeah, you I mean, know? what, like, three million off the movie or yeah, something Yeah, dude. Like so, I, I fucking really like Saw, the first one. The Plus, Carrie Elvis. Oh, yeah, yeah, fucking... Yeah, the man himself. But I like the idea that they, they overdid it with the sequels, and I mm-hmm. only watched the first three before I was like, all right, I've had enough of this. Oh, my God. But, but the first one, the whole kind of, like 
the Dexter vibe of it of like I'm only going to get people that are like shitty people and right. put pit their own sins against them to be like you can get out of this by doing the right thing mm-hmm. but it's going to cost you mm-hmm. you've already caused enough pain there's going to be pain but you can minimize that by doing the right thing now and the idea like that concept was kind of original and cool to me and then again the yeah the, the, the idea the, that the, the dark vigilantism of it a little bit a little bit. And he's still a, a shitty person, but sure. the the idea that they go, Oh, he likes a front row seat to all of his to all of his games. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he stood up at the end, I was like, Well, yes, oh I didn't see that I didn't see it coming. And so I, I <laughs> saw has a very special place in my heart. Okay. So um that is one I will always give a shout out to. Number four on my list. Number four. I've, ta- I've talked about this movie a lot of times, so I'll spare you the details. Silence of the Lambs. I mean, you can call it a thriller. I, the movie's scary as shit to me, man. A hundred percent. That's one of those, you you could technically define it as a thriller, but it's also very much a horror element. I mean, for God's sake, Hannibal Lecter came in what, second? In, uh, no, in he the, won it. He won the... No, uh, Darth the, Vader. No, Darth Vader came in second. Oh, that's right. Empire won the sequel bracket. That's right, that's right. And we're talking about our, our villain bracket in our... That's, no, right, that's D- right. Hannibal Lecter was number one. I mean... Vader was two, but... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Literally the most terrifying villain in of all, all time. cinema history. Yeah, so, so. just which is definitive. We've done the work for you. That's you right. can't go back that's and right. question. Well, Time Magazine said there are a bunch of. Is that Brian De Palma that did that, or is that uh... what movie? Yeah, it was Jonathan Demme. Okay, um, okay, but yeah, no, that movie scares the ever living shit out of me. Um, the night vision scene with Buffalo Bill. Oh my god, it's fuck. It's brilliant. It's one of the greatest psychological horror movies of all time. Um, and it's it's perfectly paced in terms of. They they drop just enough exposition and plot development on you to like give you the next step in where they're going. Yeah. And then they immediately go back into now here's some terrifying shit that you're gonna see. Yep. The A plot is horrifying and you don't realize it's horrifying until Hannibal Lecter escapes. Oh yeah. And the B plot of whatever fucking uh Buffalo Bill is doing, kidnapping people and putting him in a well. Yeah. It's fucking horrifying as yeah, well. It's so, yeah, that movie is definitely number, well, and again, no particular order. Four on my list. Yeah. That, 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 that might be, that's, that's, that's going to be a tough one to beat. really yeah. scary movie. Yeah. It's a really scary movie. And number five, uh, Get Out. The Jordan Peele, great. Oh, okay. That movie's fucking awesome, man. I have not seen Get Out, but I saw Us. Get Out is, Us is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Get Out is one of, is one of one. It is. Okay. One of the most original. There's so many thematically you could pick. There's this theme going on, this, and it's all perfectly shown and like not down your. Jordan Peele is is a master in this movie. Like, and it came out of nowhere. It's such a like Jordan Peele of Key and Peele did right, this. Right, like, right. and then he started to piece it together. You're like, yeah, it fucking makes sense. And in a weird way, it's kind of a comedy too. It's incredibly satirical. Like, mm-hmm. all, like smart, like smart satire, like Boondocks, where it's so fucking satirical that you're laughing at exactly what how the fucking world is sure you know sure, that you're right, like right, oh right. yeah the fucking. emperor has no clothes kind of thing. yeah it's yeah. and it's holy shit so you it does view it through that lens and there's all kinds of other plots and themes going on of like obviously racism is a big one sure and fucking just the fears the fact that you know jordan peele had said this himself that's kind of like the movie he says you know he did another movie called nope and the thing that um in that movie, when he says, how did you come up with the title Nope? He's like, is every black person ever, when you watch him, this is his words, he's like, when you watch a movie with them, 
and you see them go into the scary house, everyone in the theater is like, nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> and Get Out was very similar to that, just being like, yeah, get out. Like The, right. the answer to you is get the fuck out of here. Right. Get away from these crazy fucking white people. Right. And it's oh, very... this is a mystery worth exploring. I hope it doesn't uh, end tragically for me. Uh, yeah, nope. Or just, ba- or just <laughs> or bail. Just get the fuck out. Yeah. You know what I would do? I just, get, the fuck I just out. get the fuck out. Yeah. So, and it's it's very much so, and this isn't a horror movie, but very much so like District 9. Yeah. Where by the time you see that movie, whether you love or hate it, whether you want to pick it apart for, oh, it lost me here, it's incredibly original. Sure. Incre- and there's sure. something to be said for that. So, sure. Sure. Get Out is uh, five on my list and a couple honorable mentions. There is a, uh, uh, a little movie. Um, it's got Samara Weaving in it. It's called Ready or Not. Love that movie. It's okay. an honorable mention. Is that the one where uh, she meets her like fiance's family or something like that? And, and she they... has to play a game and survive till it's dawn. It's like deadly hide and seek. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And it's a fucking great movie. It's a little bit campy and comedic, but it's also pretty scary too. Okay. It's a fucking great movie. Um, I mean, that's that's such a great simple premise of like, what's more terrifying than playing hide and seek and like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and being like i hope they don't find me yeah. like it, it it is it it taps into like one of the most primal childlike yeah. emotions of like and at the same time i hope i chose the right hiding spot and at the same time at a certain point like i can't continue to hide here because they're going to find me here right. so when do i move on right. and how yeah it's it's right. how do i move from under the bed to the closet from the closet to the attic from right. the attic to the Washroom, whatever, yeah. Right. So it that's a great movie. Uh, Ready or Not is really high on my list. Another honorable mention, just because it actually did scare me, and I was fucked up for like a week when I would walk your dog Roy back in the day. Oh yeah. I would start to walk faster because like, oh, I need to get out of here. But Scream, Scream actually Uh-oh. scared me. Yeah, yeah. It, it fucked with me. So um, that's, just, a, that's a great that's a great blend of horror and comedy. Yeah, it, I was it, scared though. It, it, I was plays, legit it scared. plays on all the all the great uh, horror tropes. Yeah, but I wasn't that familiar with horror tropes <laughs> when I saw it. So to me, it was just a movie. Okay, like, I've never been. I'm not that big of a horror buff. Like right. I, I, I'm just being honest. I, right. I have no problem with the genre. I just it's not my. I don't yeah. gravitate you were never, towards. You were it. never the one to watch the like the Friday the Thirteenth marathons or the like. Once I realized like some of the campier ones, I don't mind. But it's like, but if we're gonna go campy, let's go. Like Jack Frost is another honorable sure, mention, which sure. is a great Christmas slash scary movie. <laughs> right. Fucking, we're gonna be watching all three of those. For yeah, we will. That's coming. Teaser for that. So um, yeah, Scream fucked me up. Zodiac. I don't know if it qualifies, but Zodiac scares the shit out of me. I know it's. I didn't want to necessarily put it on the list. But the cold opening to that gives me fucking shivers every time where it ends with the Zodiac Killer making a phone call, oh, giving yeah. the details of, of a grisly murder, and, and then hanging up. six bodies, and there's... And the dispatch lady's like, hang on, slow down. And he's like, just rattling off details. I used a 9mm X bullets, da-da-da-da-da. The one is facing to the north, the other one's facing to the southeast. Goodbye. And he yeah. hangs up, and it's a dial tone. Woo! I just got goosebumps thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, that is pretty... That- Again, that, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the horror that that might be more thriller drama, right. but definitely horrifying elements of that. The scene where they're he, in the, by the lake, gets by me the too. lake, Woo! Oh, that fucks me man. up. Just it's 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 like watching a car crash happen right in front of you, or like watching a lion attack or something, and you're just like, I should not be watching this. This is yeah. every instinct to in me is, is saying, "Fucking look away," and I can't. Yeah. Uh, that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, so Zodiac's on my list. Uh, the remake of It, I actually, the first movie, I really, really like a lot. 
Okay. Um, and I, here's the thing is, I like the second It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. It works better with kids. My issue oh, with of course. It, my issue with It Chapter 2 is the same thing that I have with the one with Tim Curry. Um, it's just the sec. I don't like the second half of that story mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it's a ball of light and we have to fight it with love and hold it. Which is fine, like if that's the moral that you want to do. It just doesn't play well. It's just sure. like you had a psychotic clown, and now it's like this month, and you're beating it by holding hands. It's right. like right, right, right. Okay, like yeah. it kind of was a little anticlimactic. I, admittedly, I, I saw the first uh, the first movie. I never saw the the follow up yet yeah. with uh, the the remake. Um, yeah. I've seen the the Tim Curry one probably at least maybe a dozen times or so yeah. but but it's I, I i would agree with that but, i think that the second half of that movie is definitely the weaker one yeah absolutely it just works better when like when, kids. once they all come back to Derry and they're like we have to reunite the losers club or whatever yeah. like that's where it starts taking a nosedive and it's like we just got to beat them with the power of yeah and even imagination in the, yeah and in the second in the remake in the second one they they do flashbacks to them as kids and stuff like that and you can tell that, like I just said, it just works better when they're kids. Sure. And it's they do a great job of recasting. Like you get uh, James McAvoy and Jessica sure. Chastain. And like it's perfectly cast, but it's just I just don't like the story of number two. But the remake of it is fucking really scary. Uh, okay. The Skarsgård knocks it out of the park. Like, yeah, dude, he is. He is he's the best really part good. of that for sure. He also did a little movie called Villains. That's a real indie movie. Check it out. It's okay. a really good one. Um, and the last one on my list is another remake. This is just an honorable mention. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake with Jessica Biel. I had never seen the first one. And when I saw that, that movie fucked me up, man. Okay. Yeah, I okay. like that movie. I like is that, that movie. the one with um, Arlie Ermey plays the, the, the dad? He's the drill sergeant from yes, Apocalypse. Yes, or yes. Not Apocalypse now. Um, uh, Full, Full Metal, Metal Jacket. Jacket. Yeah. 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 No, that's a great one. So Yeah, he plays the sheriff. The, yeah. the like, screwball, horndog, like, pervert racist yeah i don't know <laughs> you know texas yeah exactly <laughs> so just to recap num- my five are 28 days later mm-hmm. hereditary Great. saw silence of the lambs and get out and i got an honorable mention of ready or not scream zodiac it in the texas chainsaw massacre remake so that sounds like a pretty decent list sir. Well, those movies scare That's- me those movies scare me well i'm gonna top off my list with okay. um a little bit of a slow burn. Uh, the Witch. Ooh, that was know, so close to making mine. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we've talked about it before, but it is... That movie is terrifying in the sense of... You're never really sure what you're if what you're looking at is reality or the machinations of, of, a, of a fragile mind or a delusion or, or what have you. Until the very end where, like, it's absolutely confirmed. Like, oh no, the Puritans were 100% right. The devil literally walks among us and he literally will buy your soul and turn you into a witch. And, like... And punish the wicked. Yeah. Because... This it's funny that it happened to the family like that was so Puritan uh-huh. that they were too Puritan for the community they were living with. Right. So they got kicked out. They're, they're like, like, whoa, buddy, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, they're like, we can show ankle, and he's like, ankle is blasphemous. <laughs> like, All right, buddy, you got to get the fuck out of here. You're taking this a little too far. <laughs> hey, we like ankles. Yeah, and so he, it was his pride though. His yeah, pride. yeah, yeah. That was well. And again, it's it's it the, falls the down one of the most set, deadliest of sins. That's right. It, it so, is. It is. Yeah, and, so. and 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 and. Uh, yeah, the I mean the, the whole family is destroyed by I mean the 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 
son is destroyed by lust. The mother is destroyed by envy and wrath. The father is destroyed by pride. The uh, Anna Taylor Joy character is it's greed. Greed. Uh, the the does, two... does thou? What was it? Somebody. Somebody always asked thou want to live deliciously. Yeah. What wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Somebody did a joke online, obviously, and it was like everyone's always asking WWJD, but no one's ever asking, and it said whatever the would thou <laughs> right, like right, to right. live. And it had a picture of the devil. I was like, that's fucking really funny, that's actually. Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? Yeah. No, that's a great scene. So. Yeah. Yeah, the witch. Though I'm with you on that one. Yeah. That was almost again a slow burn that just pays off at the end, where you're like, "This is fucked up." Yep. Like this whole world. Um. So yeah, in no particular order. Number two is gonna be the thing, which I know we've, we've talked, talked about, about before, yeah. but again, it's 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 right up there with Alien, with the thing is in the house and you can't escape. But now they've added on the the extra drama of oh, and it also might look like your best friend. Yeah. So who can you trust? Be careful with that. I mean, it's of course it's it's you know there, there's all the the stories about it's an allegory for AIDS, it's an allegory for communism, it's an allegory for. I'm I mean, sure you, people have you, assigned meaning to it by this point that wasn't necessarily there. Sure. But um, but that doesn't necessarily I mean think, that those. So it also doesn't mean that those allegories don't work either, but sure. it also could be people just assigning things like, oh, it's this. So. Yeah, I, I think inherently you put enough space between, or, or you put enough time in a movie, people are going to start looking in and intentionally or unintentionally reading between the lines. It's get outs like that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, but I, I think John Carpenter would have would have claimed that it's probably just a more straightforward horror movie in terms of, Yes, it's intentionally... But also, the thing can be whatever you want it to be. Maybe it is all those things. Right, right. Um, Yeah, and it's Kurt Russell and Keith David and Wilford Brimley. Wilford Diabetes Brimley. I'm going to talk to you about duck boats. Anyways, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what else? Yeah, horrifying movie. And just classically shot. I mean, just... just I'll watch it one day. The whole ambience is great. Um, After that, I'm going to go with The Shining. Which I know is a little bit of a cop out because, nah, it, because man. it makes everybody's like top ten nah, list. Man, it's but, your list, man. But I think it's deservedly so. I think it's again. You you talk about a slow burn of a movie and watching the the descent into madness of of this whole family and them brushing up against the supernatural and sort of their reactions to it. You know, like the kid is completely terrified and the mom is otherwise oblivious and the dad is completely embracing it you know just leaning into the madness more and more the shining is so good that one of my favorite south park episodes is when randy they do the shining at the blockbuster Uh that's such a good episode yeah Yeah, no i've never seen the shining i know that's blasphemy but i've never seen it so i mean honestly i might do it this halloween i might do it it for the first time and i'll let you know i'll tell you this it is absolutely worth the watch just for jack nicholson right i mean it it may be the the beautiful combination of an eccentric director meets an eccentric actor and they're both pushing each other in terms of Kubrick and, and Nicholson. Right. But he is just, I mean, firing on all cylinders and just goes on this wild manic goose chase of, you know, emotionality. Um, anywho. Yeah. The shining. Yeah. Totally yeah. worth it. No, it's not a cop out to put that on there though, man. It's, it's fuck. It's, it's on those, it's on those lists for a reason. It's like when people say, Hey, I've never heard Metallica. Like, what's a good... 
you're going to want to play the singles. It's a single sure. for a reason. Right, right, you know, right. like it's fucking... Let me just introduce you to the Black Album. Yeah, yeah. Like you're going to play the singles for the reason. So I get you though. Right, right. So, anyways. Um, I'm going to throw in the original Hellraiser. Okay. We've talked about that a little bit too. Yeah. Not the remake, but the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah I gotcha. Uh, Shout out to our one of our funniest sponsors ever, our delicious Thinabite. Delicious Thinabite. With hellish flavors. Yeah, that's always a, a good bit. Flavor for your palate. For your palate. A razor blade of emotions on there your tongues. Yeah, it's such a good bit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Which, by the way, I saw the internet do that joke recently, and I was pretty pissed off about it. Like, we definitely came up with it first. I had never seen it before, so I'm taking full credit. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a pretty low-hanging apple to go Cinnabites. Oh, like cinnamon-flavored bites. Still, we popularized right. it. So, Anyways, but yeah, we've talked Hellraiser a pretty fair amount. Yeah. It's a, Just so gothic and visually interesting. And I mean, I, I don't think that the special effects necessarily hold up to today, but in and of themselves and being for what they were, like, they're still terrifying. Like when Frank comes back and his skin is reforming and muscular musculature attaching to skeletons and he screams and you're just like... Wow, Harry Hausen was fucking on some shit on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, pretty graphic, pretty graphic. Yeah, and so of what, course, you know, iconic characters in the in Pinhead and whatnot. But uh, let's see. After that, I'm going to go to probably the movie that terrified me the most is growing it Jaws? up. It is not Jaws. Okay. I, again, I think that's more of a thriller drama, but just in terms of pure horror movie. I'm going to go The Exorcist. Oh, shit, yeah. That movie is fucking terrifying. And again, it, it, I, I, I obviously I have a penchant for like the slow burn horror movies that sort of yeah. take their time getting there and setting the ambiance and, and the, the atmosphere. That movie is terrifying. It's admittedly the first, the first two thirds of that movie is, is building and building and building and building. But they intersect... Or they they intersperse just enough of the supernatural elements and the horrific elements. I mean, like her just randomly crab walking backwards down the stairs and like walking the party like you're all gonna die, and then just pissing all over the floor and stuff like that. Like it's legitimately terrifying. I mean, there's a scene where uh, Ellen Bernstein, the the mom, comes in and turns off the light. And for the briefest of seconds, you can see a hologram image of Captain Howdy on the wall. Oh shit! Just, I mean, like, it, like, like it—it's just a—it's a horrific face, but it's just—I mean, like, she turned off the light. You see the face, and then they cut to the next scene, and so like it takes your brain a hot second like, to, to what did think I about see? like, yeah. did I just see what the, what I think I saw? I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big horror movie buff, but um, I need to get with some of these, man, because I'm—I miss out on absolute classics yeah, like still yeah. haven't seen the thing still haven't seen the shining still never seen the exorcist so yeah it, it, I, I'm, I'm behind i admit i'm a bad partner to do this with but and and i saw that movie uh way the, too young <laughs> well not way too young i actually that was one that i avoided for a long time the very first time i saw it was when they re-released it in i want to say like 2000 1999 something like that right uh they 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 had put in a bunch of cut scenes and stuff like that. Halloween night saw that and was completely terrified. I mean, like something about watching a movie with the right crowd and 
just hearing their shrieks of terror at the right moments and you know like yeah you were in it yeah oh yeah yeah people just you could you could hear people in in the rows in front of me being like <gasps> like breathing heavy and like don't do it oh don't do it yeah, don't right. do it you they were know? transported man yeah, that's all yeah, we yeah, asked for yeah. a movie the, the power of cinema turns out uh, Nicole Kidman was right <laughs> oh yeah when you go into AMC and she whispers to you before a movie starts don't y'all want to watch a movie in her breathy voice yeah <laughs> She doesn't. Well, that's a hell of a list, man. Any honorable yeah. mentions or anything? Or? Uh, let's see. Honorable mention, I'm going to give to... Well, I think we talked about this before, but 30 Days of Night. Josh Hartnett movie. Josh Hartnett we movie. We have. It's a fucking and, um, good vampire movie, man. Yeah, really. yeah. It, it's sort of zombies meets vampires, I, it, I think, in the same element. It's a bloodbath, that movie. It, it is. It, yeah. There is so much gore and violence in that movie, but it's it's over the top. But it, in the same, it, it's not intentionally campy. Like yeah, no, like, it's definitely not. There, campy. There, there's blood. Like like when they when they cut people open. The so basically the the plot is uh, this vampire clan invades a town in northern Alaska that goes completely like they have no sunlight for a whole month. Hence the 30 days of night. And so basically these vampires have an entire month to run rampant and slaughter the entire community. Josh Hartnett and his party hang out in like Anne Frank style in a house. Or was it Helen Keller style? Either one. Either way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And then they, uh, I guess these, they track, the vampires go to this place because of, of the darkness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they know that like, oh, every couple of years is going to happen. Also featuring uh, Ben Foster as the Herald. That is right. That's ben right. Foster. He, uh, Foster. he literally walks out from a icebreaker to the town over the frozen tundra and is haggard and great character actor. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking like, great actor. He, he's, he is totally worthwhile watching on that. Uh, yeah. 30 Days a Night. It's it's a really good action horror movie. Um very violent, very bloody, but I didn't like the ending very much. But oh, where he spoiler turns himself into a vampire so he can fight, fight the, the vampire and then kill. I mean, it makes sense because like, what else are you gonna do? Like, yeah. you gotta even the playing field. But uh, if you like that, check out a comic book series written by one of the writers of the Boondocks, actually, Rodney Barnes. Okay, uh, called Philadelphia. Okay, it's pretty dope. Pretty dope. Okay, yeah, check so. that out. But yeah, no, Thirty Days a Night's a good pull. It's yeah. a good pull. Yeah. Uh, after that, I'm going to give a, a honorable mention to Cabin in the Woods. Uh, we kind of mentioned it earlier with Scream in terms of like hitting all the horror tropes and right. stuff like that. I think it's just a wonderfully brilliant horror comedy. Uh, it 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 literally takes all the all the horror movie tropes and and cliches and puts a pen in them and like draws attention to them. But it earns it. Right. Like, it's like, like, hey, here's why we do these tropes. It, exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it it's sort of every horror movie wrapped into one in some in some glorious fashion. Um, well, yeah. 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 It's a so good list. The, the, so recap it real quick. So we got The Witch. We got The Thing. We got Hellraiser. We got The Shining. We got The Exorcist. And my honorable mentions are 30 Days of Night and The Cabin in the Woods. Solid mother effing lift. List, lisp, 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 yeah, sure. On that note, <laughs> uh, we have enjoyed dropping with you on this Halloween evening. Um, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for joining us. Now it's Count Chocula. No, but, um, <laughs> on that note, man, go trick or treat and share your candy with somebody you love.
Come on, 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 come on,